Hey guys, it's me, but we're not going to get into the episode just yet because I want to introduce today's sponsor and that is Anchor. Anchor is what I use to upload and distribute my podcast on platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, but you can also use it to record and edit an episode right from your computer or phone for free. You can also use it to make money from your podcast without a minimum listenership. All you need to get started on your podcast is all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See you soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Vomit Talks with your host, Ama Pia. Um, long time no see, guys. <laughs> it's been so long. I, it's been three weeks since my last solo episode, which is so crazy to think because so much has happened since then. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean for that to happen, by the way. My initial idea was that I would have an alternating podcast upload schedule. So one week I would post a solo episode and the next week I would post a guest episode. But then I just had my first guest, Christina, and it just made me realize how many incredible people I have in my life. And my friends are doing honestly like BDE level things, y'all. Let me just tell you, <laughs> they're incredible. So that's why I just was like, I need to, I need to have them on as soon as possible. And I, the second I had one guest, it just kept going. So, um, I was like this week, let me just take a break. Um, let me take a second to actually catch up with y'all and give you some additional content just for me. So today's episode is going to be all about identity capital. And this is something that I have been thinking about a lot recently because, again, I always say this, I'm such a broken record on this podcast, but I'm I'm here, I'm at my one year of post-grad. I graduated a year ago last week, but I'm also approaching one year of a lot of the things that I decided to take up since that time. So in one year, I've done things such as starting side hustles, relearning dance, um, studying Korean, just so many different, just so many different activities and things that I'm so proud of right now. The fact that I've, it's been a year since I've progressed in those things. Um, and there's so many new things that have come up that I'm so excited to share with you that I can't yet. Um, it's just, it's so crazy to think about. I just don't, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I really, I have no other vocabulary. I didn't do that well on that portion of the SAT, just letting you guys know. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I have no other way to describe it. Other than that, it's crazy. Um, to think that time flew by that fast and that I set my mind to accomplish certain things and I did them. And so a lot of questions that I've been getting recently from not only post-grad individuals, but uh, people who have graduated from the class of 2020 is how do you prioritize? How did you decide what exactly you wanted to pursue? How did you go about doing it? How did you execute it? Um, and how did you make more time for yourself? And this is something that I realized honestly very quickly after post-grad that, I mean, I'm someone who doesn't want to waste time. I, I don't want to invest my time in something and not get anything back. And that only came from learning after senior year of college that I don't really have time as much as everyone says you do. I feel like in when you're a 20 something year old, everyone says you have so much time and like 
you don't have to rush. Yes, that's something that I also learned very quickly that you have time, but at the same time, you don't. You By you having ample time to do things doesn't mean you should be passive or complacent. Be active and do things intentionally. And that's something that I, I realized a month after graduating that I, I didn't want to be complacent. I didn't want to be passive. I, I wanted to make sure that I was progressing myself every day because it is very, very easy to kind of get lost in that rut, in that routine that you have every day that's set by work. Um, if you haven't, especially if you have a nine to five job. And so, um, when I first started working at my my job, I realized that I had zero time to do anything because number one, you work nine to five. It's an eight hour workday. You guys think that like that's nothing. It's fine. Like you have, you might even be excited to have that kind of day because it's that structure. But for me, I was working nine to five, so eight hour workday, and I would come home around six p.m spend so much time cooking dinner. And honestly, that was my fault, guys, because I'm just not a meal prep gal. Like, I'm just not your girl for that. So I'm so sorry. So everyone who's listening to this is probably like, she did this to herself. But I also just, I am someone who likes and enjoys cooking fresh every day. Um, I mean, I do meal prep in some aspects, but I do it in such a way that fits my my way of doing it. So... <laughs> Anyway, side side note, but I would spend so much time cooking, so like maybe 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. I cut it down to 30 minutes in the later months, but it's true. I would, by the time I cooked dinner and was done eating, it would be like seven o'clock and then you're just so tired and you maybe attempt to work out. I like at first didn't really do that because <laughs> um, I was just so tired all the time and you, because there's not much to do, you just go to bed and it's like nine o'clock and you have to get up early for work, especially if you have a commute. Um, and so I would get up same time every day, like what, I think seven o'clock, do what I have to do, go to work, come home, cook dinner, maybe relax my mind because work is so stressful and go to bed by nine o'clock. And I was like that every single day and days passed, weeks passed. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I found, I found my days to be so repetitive. I didn't feel accomplished. I didn't feel fulfilled. Also, you have to understand that I moved from Connecticut to Boston. So as much as I did have friends in the city, I wasn't living in the city. And so um, it was, and even with even with an eight hour workday, you're not going to see your friends. Just newsflash, breaking news for you guys who think it's going to be just like college. It's not. And not that I was expecting that, but I think people really anticipate that too much. <laughs> and it's just not like that because at the real truth is you are going to be so exhausted from your workday that it's just not going to be possible. And every, <laughs> everyone's going to be doing their own thing. And so I had to really find a way to make my days productive and fulfilling because I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Is this what being an adult is? I hate it. <laughs> like, is this, is this really the same thing every day until retirement? Oh my God. Like I can't, I could never imagine. So anyway, so I said to myself, 
I'm giving eight hours of the 24 hour workday to another person's dream, another person's vision. And what am I getting out of it? How am I spending the other 12 hours? What does my vision look like? And am I working towards that? Am I working towards the person I want to be? And I was like, you know what? This is this is the time I need to be intentional about everything I'm doing. And I decided, I sat down and I said, it's time to look at three things. One, how I'll spend my time. Two, what is the end goal? And three, what exactly do I need to get there? And at the time, I didn't know what to call what I was doing, but there's actually a term. And I got it from this book I read because, guys, in 2020, I've actually been reading a lot more books. You should be proud of me. It's part of my, like, few things that I've been doing in postgrad. But there's this amazing book called The Defining Decade by a clinical psychologist um, named Meg Jay. And the book really talks about why your 20-something years are so, so important and why you really need to be using this time to set the foundation for the rest of your life because this is the defining decade. This decade, you are making monumental decisions that are really setting the tone for the rest of your life. And instead of being complacent, as I was saying before, like this is the time where you actually should be active and thinking about these things. And so she called what I was doing, building your identity capital. And this is a quote from the book that kind of defines what this is a little bit more. So she says, identity capital is our collection of personal assets. It is a repertoire of individual resources that we assemble over time. These are investments that we make in ourselves, the things we are doing well enough, the things that become who we are. Identity capital is how we build ourselves, and it is the currency we use to metaphorically purchase jobs and relationships and other things we want. I thought, like when I was reading that, I was like, wow, like that makes sense. <laughs> like that makes sense. The things that I, I've been doing in the past few months, like that's exactly what this is. And it is the currency we use to purchase jobs and relationships and other things we want. Because you know why? It's us building our identity capital and knowing what that is and what that looks like for us helps us to build a narrative a story about ourselves. Um, and it helps us to build confidence in what we do and who we are. And no one can tell us otherwise because we know who we are and what we're capable of. And that's what you want to market to jobs. Like if you want to look for employment, that's what you, you have to be able to market those things. Those are your skills. Those are your assets. If you want to be in a relationship, I always say that the other person should enhance who you are as a person, but you can't even begin to even know what that person looks like for you without understanding yourself first. And so being able to build your identity capital really helps you to have that idea for yourself and know what that looks like. Sorry guys, I always have my like, <laughs> my every single time I do this podcast, some form of like message notification pops up on my screen and makes a sound so sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that is exactly what identity capital is. In the book, Dr. Ryan, oh my god, I just called her Meg Ryan, like the actress. I meant Meg J. <laughs> Dr. Meg J. <laughs> Dr. Meg J also says, she says, as a 20-something, life is more about potential than proof. So those who can tell a good story about who they are 
and know what they want leap over those who can't, which is, it's so true. It's so true. If you think about it, like, unfortunately, those who are the good talkers and can be confident in what they're saying and in the work that they've done, that shows so much more potential to someone than proof. I mean, obviously you should have the work to back up the things that you're saying. <laughs> Not saying you shouldn't, but but people are captivated by words and the way you present yourself. And you can only have that strong presence if you have a better sense of self. And so what is your story and what do you want your story to be? So for me, I said, okay, if I'm trying to figure out what this story is, like what the hell am I telling people? <laughs> How do I even start that? Um, and I realized quickly that I needed to do two things. And this is something that Meg J, not Meg Ryan, <laughs> Dr. J said in her book, you need to claim your interests and talents. And then from there, claim your story regarding these two things, a narrative we can take with us to interviews and coffee dates. And I said, my interest in talents, like, what? <laughs> I was like, what interest and in what talents? Because because at that point in time, this is back in June, I was like, the only thing I'm interested in is eating and sleeping because I have not been able to do that in the past year. So anyway, <laughs> what are my interests? Um, but I had to sit down and go back to high school. And again, keep in mind, I read this book after the fact that I did all this. So it was kind of like a great reassurance that I was on the right path. But I took the opportunity to go back to high school and say, what did I like doing then? Like college, I got to do a lot of things that I enjoyed, but things that I personally had interest in I, I didn't have the time to pursue them in addition to all the other stuff I was doing that I loved doing. But so I took a look at what that was and I looked at what made me happy. And so some of the things that made me happy, I loved writing. I loved calligraphy, um, dance, singing, guitar. Um, I used to do a lot of theater and I couldn't do it in I couldn't do it in college because I just didn't have where, where would I have time? Um I used to be a figure skater when I was younger. Had to stop that. I did not have time to do that in college. Like, I absolutely could not have been able to handle all that. Um, I loved reading, but honestly, AP English kind of killed that vibe for me. So, you know, and I loved catching up with news, pop culture in particular. And then I had my, um, in high school, had my One Direction update account, but that was more like a business. I was working with people internationally. I was working with reporters and other journalists and um, um, people like the American Music Awards. I did so many incredible things and I couldn't do it in college because I just didn't have time. So what I decided to do was to actually make time to re rediscover those things and why I love those things in the first place. And so this meant looking at my 24-hour day and actually scheduling time to do these things. So um, for example, I couldn't take dance classes when I was younger because I couldn't afford those things. Now that I have a job, I was like, wow, I could actually like enroll in a class because I was self, I self-taught for years and people thought I couldn't dance, but I actually would really spend hours memorizing choreography. I love doing it. And I said, you know what? Like this is my chance to take a dance class and to actually explore my town and see what it has to offer because I'm new here. And so 
I actually enrolled in four dance classes. So I did modern, um, K-pop, hip-hop, and ballet. By the end of the summer, I did drop ballet um, just because I was like, I cannot give all my money to this. But I was able to pursue those interests and I love it now. And I've done so well in the past year and growing and getting better with dance. Obviously, I'm not going to like compete or anything, <laughs> but I love it so much. And it's such a way for me to um, be active and be fit. I, I just, I love it so much. Um, I took some time to fit in, um, you know, time to practice guitar and write music because I used to do that all the time. And I just, I stopped because I, when was I going to have time to play that? Um, especially when I lived in the apartment at the Oaks where the walls were literal, like, sheets of paper like I wasn't gonna <laughs> I wasn't gonna like play guitar in the middle of the night or something when that was the only time I could play um so I actually I actually spent time and set time aside for that um I wanted to be a better communicator and a better writer so what I did was I changed what I was following on, following on Instagram and so I intentionally you know, followed a lot of quote accounts, a lot of poetry accounts, um, really surrounded myself with a lot of words and concepts and ideas so that I can kind of achieve my goal of being a better communicator, um, a better narrator, a better storyteller. Um, and then I, using that information, I would create my own. Um, I didn't have too much time to do that, but I, I tried, would, I would force myself to at least like write down something new that I learned um, in my phone. If it's like one sentence, one quote, I would actually take the time to do that so I can build up my repertoire there. Um, I actually started doing figure skating again um, that summer from June to, I think it was September. I picked up figure skating again and I loved it, but in terms of long-term sustainability, in terms of long-term sustainability, I actually decided to stop doing that because um, it was expensive. And that's why, that is the reason why I quit in the first place before because um, it was, figure skating is a very expensive sport. It's something I couldn't keep up with like in college or anything. So definitely um, pause because of that. And it wasn't something I could keep up with in terms of practice because I can't just practice anywhere. I obviously have to practice at the figure skating rink. So, and that was just a lot of time and I couldn't practice as often as I wanted to. Whereas with dance, I could do that anywhere. So, um, I did figure skating, tried that, paused on that, um, made sure I was reading a lot more. So, um, as I mentioned to you, I read this book called the dividing decade. I really, um, read a lot of books that were focused on how I can find purpose, how I can, um, really, like find the things that I love doing and I'm passionate about. I mean, I know those things, but it's nice to like read different ways of viewing those things. Because obviously, as I always say, gaining a new perspective is always important in shaping your own. And so I made sure I was doing a lot of reading in that aspect and reading other people's stories of people who were successful, like Michelle Obama, Elaine Weltroth, um, people who are inspiring and are similar to me so I can envision myself in positions like them um, and achieving my goals. So I made sure I was reading those things. I was being very intentional about that. I wanted to be very well versed in the things that are happening in our world, our culture. So I made sure I 
um, read the Apple News app every morning, like kept on top of that, um, made sure I was reading different sources, um, not just one source, because obviously, you know, things can get very skewed and very one way with media. And so in order to have a critical lens of the things that we're exposed to and digesting, I made sure I was reading from a variety of different sources. So I was doing like those types of readings as well. Um, and then through doing these things that I already knew I loved doing, not only did I rediscover a new love for them, but also discovered new activities I love to do. And so with dance, for example, I um, did K-pop dance and K-pop is something that I have loved K-pop for years. Like since the girls generation G the song, if anyone knows K-pop, no, they know that song and they know that girl group. <laughs> and I used to practice the choreography for hours on end when I was younger, obviously I stopped and, um, I decided I was learning urban hip hop one day and I, decided, oh, I kind of want to learn a K-pop dance again because I haven't done that in years. So I did it um, and it happened to be um, BTS's Boy With Love. And I just remembered the dance from watching an award show and I really liked it. So I was like, let me just learn it. And then I um, learned the dance and I was like, I want to watch an interview or something because I actually don't know who BTS it really is. I just hear a lot about them. And honestly, like, they were rivals of One Direction. Not really, but like the fandoms were rivals for some reason. I don't know. Like it made no sense. But <laughs> but I actually was like, let me take the time to just watch an interview or something. And I said to myself when I was watching it, because they speak in Korean, only one of the members speaks um, English as well. And I remember being so annoyed, like reading the English captions because I wanted to learn, like I wanted to laugh when they did, like understand why something was funny, understand why that, like what, how the cultural context plays into what they're saying. And so after that one interview, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to study Korean, <laughs> which sounds random. But the thing is, guys, we have, as much as I said, we don't have time. We do have time to contribute to new skills and develop those things. And so I actually just started learning Korean using Duolingo and then I advanced to other books and like learning resources and I got to discover, not only rediscover a love for K-pop that I was missing for years just because I, I was so focused in school and I also fell in love with the culture and learned so much about it and realized how much it could actually apply to my goals and the things that I want to do. And so doing those things, like little things like that have led from one thing to another. And it's been almost a year of me learning Korean. And now here I am sitting, I can read Korean like a little bit. I can converse a little bit as well. I'm not an expert. Obviously I'm not going to be fluent in like a year, but I'm so proud of myself when I can watch a Korean drama, for example, and actually understand some of the, the things that they're saying without subtitles. It's actually incredible. And it made me realize how I actually do love l learning languages. And it's something that I'm someone who always strives to be a better communicator and a better storyteller. And language is can be such a big barrier to that, obviously. And so um, even though I spent 
like 13 years learning Spanish in school. Trust me, I was not good at it at all. I was so trash and yeah, I'm, <laughs> I did not really enjoy learning it in a classroom setting at the time. Learning Korean has actually shown me that I actually want to learn more languages and spend my time towards that. My parents speak Tree, um, which is the Ghanaian, the language of Ghana um, in Africa. And I know I can understand everything they say, but um, I can't actually speak it. And so I said, you know, I want to actually spend time to learn these things. So I've actually taken time to build up my skill there. So my, I guess my point is, my long-winded point is that even though I had to go back and reassess and like rediscover the things I love to do, I was able to, from that, gain these new skills and gain these new, new passions um, and have a better sense of what I want to do in the future, which I thought was really cool. In addition to this, I paid extra attention to my physical health as well. In school, I never really had time to balance all of it. And honestly, I really probably could have, but I just couldn't do it. So congratulations to all of you guys who accomplished that. I'm so proud of you. It wasn't for me. I couldn't do it. So in post-grad, I said, hmm, like I miss being active. Like that's something I actually really enjoy exercising. And so I was able to kind of get that activity back with dance for sure, because I was doing three types of style of dance at once. But then I also decided to eat healthier. And I didn't follow any diets or anything. I don't believe in those things. I just thought of more of like, how can I do clean eating? How can I really make sure that everything I'm eating is intentional in the sense that I'm getting the nutrients that I need to, I know what I'm putting in my body, I'm not going out to eat all the time, you know, I'm really taking the time to take care of myself. So I did a lot of research online, you know, did a lot of self-discovery, what I liked, what I didn't like, set up a routine for myself. So every morning I would have faithfully a um, cup of hot lemon water, would drink my green smoothie every morning, would have avocado toast. Um, and then for lunch and dinner, like I would have something set up. I would do my chicken or like have salad or like, I love rice. I'm a rice gal. Like I come from an African family and we just, we love rice. So <laughs> all the time would have rice for dinner or something like that. But I would make sure I would, you know, be really intentional with what I'm eating. And I felt so much better guys being able to control what I was eating in the sense of like being just trying to be healthier and like doing it willingly, not because I wanted to lose weight or not because I wanted to look a certain way, just because I wanted to feel good. It made such a difference. It made such a difference on in how I was spending my days and how I was feeling and my overall just happiness and joy. And it was so great and I loved it and something that I'm so, so proud of. Um, and that is, and that in itself is building identity capital because you, you understand the way your body works and, and what makes you feel good and what helps you to perform at your absolute best. I decided to start fitting working out into my schedule. It was so hard at first and I had to kind of play around with what time worked best for me to work out. So I usually, I think that in the mornings that I just do better with working out then, but in the beginning of this post-grad thing, like I decided to work out after work because I was just so tired in the morning. Like I just could not get up early enough to work out than go to work. Um, so I did that for a few months. I would work out right after, after work and then I would cook dinner and then watch TV and then go to bed. But 
later on I realized I was like, I need to really maximize and optimize my time. So I actually switched out my schedule and decided to start working out at 5.30 in the morning, which is crazy guys. Like I know people do it, but for me, I was like, oh my God, am I really going to do this? Like 5.30 in the morning. But yeah, like I got a gym membership and went to LA Fitness because they had a dance studio there. So I can, you know, practice dance there, but then I can also do my workouts with the machines and weights and everything. Would get up every day, 5.15, drive to the gym, get there at 5.30 exactly, work out for an hour and a half, and then come back, shower, go to work faithfully every day every morning. And I built that routine. And so that routine in combination with eating well and, you know, working out gave me so much energy to actually do the side projects that I actually wanted to do. It gave me so much more brain power and energy to accomplish those things. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I did that and I kept it up and I honestly quarantine. Mm, has kind of broken that routine a bit, but we're going to be back. Don't worry. Listen, the abs are still here. Okay. I, for the first time in my life, because of this routine, have abs now. Do you understand how big that is for me? Like that's like shocking. (laughs) So I'm so happy that I actually took the time to do this because I can actually get to the point where I want to be with my body and how I feel as well. Um, I'm just so pissed that Corona really snatched that hot girl summer from me, but it's okay. It's going to be a hot girl summer indoors because the abs will still be here. I'm going to get back at it. They haven't left yet. So a lot of people mentioned to me that, you know, post-grad can be a very lonely time and it really can be because at the same time, you are leaving a place where you're not seeing your friends all the time. You're not just down the hall from them. Someone's in a different state now. Everyone's working. Everyone's so busy. But I personally have not felt that loneliness. And I think it's because of the way I decided to design my life and my routines um, and the way I do things because I find so much joy in rediscovering the things that I like to do and discovering the things I I do want to do. And I feel because of that identity capital and knowing that I feel more confident and comfortable with myself and I'm okay with being alone and it's not something I view in a negative light or I don't mourn over that. I, I actually love it because in my mind, it's more of like an opportunity to better myself and do something new and something fun. But not only does it do that, it also introduces people into your life because you're doing all these new things. Like I met so many incredible people from doing my dance classes, even my figure skating when I was doing it um, in the summer last year. I have so many new people to talk to and learn from and build relationships with because of those shared interests, because I took the time to participate in them. And it's also allowed me to get to know my town better. So great because I feel fully immersed and connected with my environment, the one that's external, but then also the internal. Going back, rediscovering what I love to do, and then using that to apply it to now helped me to identify what worked, what didn't work, and pinpoint new avenues for me to try. Um, And it's almost like, think about freshman year of college. Like you come in and you try new things, and eventually from learning those new things or participating in different clubs and things like that, we eventually find our voice and image on campus. And instead, this time around, in this phase of your life, you are now setting this up for yourself. Um, 
and you don't have those resources set up for you like they do have on campus. You have to be motivated to do that and set that up for yourself, which means you need to be active and not passive. Um, identity capital builds a better sense of self, more confidence, and more enjoyment and surprises. And you are always learning something new. And that is something that you want. Like if you are looking for joy and surprise, set that up for yourself. Identity capital helps you to understand yourself better, so you can kind of identify what drives you, what makes, what are you passionate about, what makes your life so enjoyable every day. Um, and not only does it do that, it actually also helps you to advocate for yourself, which is so, so important and critical in your 20-something years. Because having that identity capital, having those skills that you are aware of, um, that you know you have, you know you're capable of, you can you know, you can market yourself to other people, but you can also advocate for something. If for yourself, if you know that something's wrong and something's not working, you know yourself. You're the only one who knows yourself best, maybe other than your mom and dad. I don't know, but <laughs> you know yourself best. So building your identity capital gives you that better sense of self in order to advocate for yourself as well. Um, and being able to advocate for yourself gives you better opportunities that will work for you, not against you. So yeah, that is my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I just hope that this information was valuable to you all. I know how important it was for me to realize this so soon into my postgrad journey and that's why I wanted to get this out to you all, especially for the class of 2020 who's going through all of this on top of enduring a pandemic. Please feel free to reach out to me with any experiences that you have with this. I love hearing your stories and comments. Like it makes my day. So make sure you, I almost said leave a comment down below, but this isn't YouTube. So <laughs> I mean, I guess Instagram DM me, comment on my pictures, just text me anything. I love hearing your comments and experiences. So with that, I will end with the episode here. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed and I will be back next week with a few new segments that I think you guys will like and I'm really excited to infuse into the episodes just to kind of spice things up. We can't keep doing the same things every time. You know what I'm saying? We always want to make things exciting. So let's do it, guys. See you guys next week very soon. Bye. Bye.